How do you support an LGBTQ person who is in the middle of a non-affirming environment? How do you talk to anti-gay pastors and church leaders? What's the difference between a welcoming and a truly affirming church? How do you deal with internalized homophobia? Today, we have a very special episode that we turn to the Freed Hearts podcast inbox and answer questions from our listeners. These may be questions that you have. Would it be okay if I were to tell you that I am afraid someday? So I call you up and you call me down. Would it be okay? Well, welcome and thanks for listening. Tuning in to Season 1, Episode 10 of the Freed Hearts Podcast. Yes. Yes, Episode 10. Episode 10 of the Freed Hearts Podcast is filmed in front of a live studio audience. No, it's not. Um, Needless to say, I've been downloading some apps on my phone. (laughs) That's hilarious. Hilarious. Well, welcome. It is uh, Episode 10 and we're going to... um, Talk about questions that you have asked. Today, we are coming from the Freed Hearts podcast inbox. In this special episode, we answer questions we have received from our listeners. And I'm pretty sure that you have heard them or even asked them or even asked them of yourself. As a reminder, my name is Robert Cottrell, and I'm here as always with Susan Cottrell. Yes, indeedy. We yes, come indeed. to you live from Seattle, not live, live. Well, we're live now. <laughs> As you listen, we'll how does alive that work? This is, we'll be alive. I didn't when say this alive. Is <laughs> Coming to you from Seattle, Washington. So again, today we're going to talk about questions. Questions about supporting an LGBTQ person who's in the middle of a non-affirming environment, about talking to anti-gay pastors, church leaders, the difference between a welcoming and a truly affirming church, dealing with internalized homophobia, and more. Again, these are questions that we have received at podcast at freedhearts.org. So if you do have questions, please email us at podcast at freedhearts.org. And uh, these are questions, again, that you have asked of us, and they may be questions that you have uh, been asked yourself uh, and, and even ask of yourself as well. So should we just jump into this? Yes. All right. This is uh, first question is how to support your child in coming out when most of your close, lifelong friends and their churches believe it's a sin and an abomination. Um, This listener said that most of this belief is from the parents and the church, and that she feels, uh, and this parent that wrote this hates the fact that her child has to keep being closeted. So what do you do? How do you support your LGBTQ child when most of their, your close lifelong friends and their church believes that it's a sin? It's a really good question. It's something we get quite a bit, actually, because our communities, when we're in a faith community, are all built up around the community. And there's often not a lot of uh, engagement outside the community for other friendships um, that are that close and long. And so it's, it's a big question. But my thought is, eventually, there's going to need a break, need to be a break from that community. If they are non-affirming, and she knows they're not, that there's going to have to be a break from that community. And so you have to decide if you want to do it sooner or later. And sometimes remaining in the community is just the what seems like the less scary way out of it. But eventually, 
I mean, it, it doesn't work in the long term. And so, you know, if you're eventually going to have to move states, for example, for example, then maybe you want to start looking that direction first. So, um, you know, and you can do that in big ways. You can, you can just come out and let the friends fall where they may. Uh, if you remember, I know you do remember that when Hannah came out, she came out with a big um, blog post or fo- Facebook post she had written. Yeah, something about wine and cereal. Wine and cornflakes, yes. <laughs> and she just, it was her thoughts and she just put it out there and she lost friends and that was um, hard, but really not hard uh, and not nearly as hard as she thought. And a close friend said, I think you're disgusting. <laughs> and she said, you're not the girl I knew when we were, you know, growing up together. And she said, well, I hope not. I was 12. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I've grown and changed. And, you know, if, if we no longer fit together then that's, that's okay, but I've got to be who I am. So there's something very empowering, even though it's really scary to come out all at once and let things fall apart. In the long run, you will have a better place to make new friends and community where you're not always, under, you always know that they're not really approving of you. That's, a, yeah. that's an unhealthy long-term effect. It, it does have an uh, a long-term effect when you're when you know that your children are just tolerated, not celebrated. Yes, but think about this for a second. I mean, this is something that a lot of people experience, and one of the first questions that we had, in a certain way, and we hear this a lot from parents, is that, "Oh my gosh, what are people going to think? What's going to happen to my community?" But think about this: if if you have this person, this community that you consider to be your closest friends. They were, they are who you rely on. They are your closest friends. The church is the center of your community and simply because your child is, is gay or lesbian or bisexual or transgender questioning. And simply because you affirm them in that or support them, these people are no longer your friends or willing to be your friends. I, I don't know, I just can't fathom how this can be a deal breaker for people, but it is. And that does reveal maybe what kind of friends were they to begin with. You know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, like you said, I, it does give us a chance, and we call it chosen family. Um, it does give you a chance to, uh, f- to redefine family, to find chosen family. And that, like you said, that hurts sometimes. It's very difficult. But what we have found, the friends we have now are that those relationships are so much richer, so much deeper, so much more fulfilling and alive and authentic and than we, most of what we had before. And we are fuller and richer and more fulfilled than we've ever been because we're able to be who we are. Yeah, and that is a, something you don't want to trade away. Yeah. So how you can support your child is uh is open open your box and uh and maybe take a look and and be open to some new some new friends and i agree it's awful it's awful when they feel closeted like that so next question yeah yep this one's easy <clears throat> um <laughs> how to talk to your evangelical pastor or church to get them to be safer to make the church safer 
and move towards affirming, even if it's just a notch. So how do we talk to our non-affirming evangelical pastors to get them to be safer and to maybe move them even a, even a baby step towards being more affirming? So here's the thing. Here's the thing. A pastor or pastors that are in charge of your church have it the way they mean to have it. And they may desire changes, but they will be changes that they decide to move forward forward with. And if this is something they are not interested in changing, you will not change it. The opening for them has to be there. They have to see that there's a need great enough to outweigh the cost to them in lost, you know, membership, revenue, that they are willing to take that, move that step forward. And if there's no opening, my personal belief is you're just wasting your time. And I've seen a lot of people go in there and they think they're making headway and they think they're making headway, but the pastor's really just placating them. But he has no intention. He, it's usually he, um, has no intention of making any changes because he's looking at his own bottom line and, and pleasing in the majority that are there. So I hate to see people waste their time and their heart on a place that really is not changing. You know, and I think too, and this is awful, but it's an awful truth. I think especially that kind of reaction comes if a mom goes in yes. by herself. Yep. And that's just the reality with, of, of, of the patriarchy. Uh, I will say that if you are a power couple, if you're an elder or a deacon, you have influence, you're a major giver, you can put some pressure on a church. But um, one of the things we say a lot is don't waste your time debating with people who are committed to misunderstanding you. It can be toxic. So I think you're right. It, the, the, the willingness to change has to come from that side. Um, I'm going to move to another question. Uh, do you have anything else on that? No. Nope. Okay. Uh, I'm going to s- jump over one question here. Um, so if we decide or how do we decide when to break a tie with a non-affirming church and find an affirming church? Um, and some examples that this this particular listener said is when their child doesn't want to leave friends, but microaggressions are still hurting them. Um, let's start with that one before we get into how to find an affirming church. So when when do you decide to leave? Yeah. So the thing about microaggressions, which means people around you don't approve of you and you know it, and it can be just a look, it can be not talking to you or talk, just saying hi and going on, whatever it is, those are like poison and they have a cumulative effect. And this is documented that people who, um, people of color, women, LGBTQ, who, who have been treated with microaggressions, which our culture dishes out, have a cumulative harmful effect. And so, to me, to stay in a place like that is, has a long-term bad effect. And your child may, 
have friends there, they don't want to leave. But it's because it's what they know. You know, if you had to move, again, move cities to go to a different school, they may say, oh, I don't want to leave this school. But they don't know what is available there that is so much more, which is why you're moving in the first place. And so sometimes they have to have a bigger vision than just the friends they already have. And you could, you know, reach out to other choices that are around you. There, there may be theater or sports or other things that don't involve the church where they can find camaraderie and friendship because they need that. We all need that. But this may be just all they know, but it's not in the long term going to be what they need. And I always like to look to the long term. What is this going to be? It's kind of like being kind to your future self. Will your future self have benefited from more time spent with these people from whom you receive microaggressions? Probably not. And eventually it's going to break. So, you know, I'm one for making the moves that are needed. Yeah, I think when you're talking about your child or if you're listening and you're LGBTQ and you're, and you're in this yourself, um, you know, the root cause of self-destructive behavior in the LGBTQ community, depression, self-harm, substance abuse, suicide, root cause of that is faith-based rejection. And so we can never underestimate, don't underestimate the impact that these, these microaggressions uh, and direct comments are having on your child from a youth pastor, from friends, from a youth group, um, or the impact they're having on you if you're part of the gay community. Um, so yeah, that's good. That's good. And that's, again, that's really tough. That's really tough. And um, I love the idea of finding other venues through mm-hmm. which you and the friends that you do love can still gather and the friends that your kids love can still gather. Yes, yes. And and we keep saying it's tough and it, it really can be, but I don't want to cement that for people because it's, there's so much available in a new paradigm that they're not seeing, that we're not seeing until we move into that new paradigm. But often is not as tough as it seems. You think you're going to really miss these people and you end up not missing them. But I'll tell you that our daughter came to us afterward, after she came out and everything, she said, I, I, at youth group, I felt so unable to be myself. And these were people that she liked and went to voluntarily. But she said, I, I, around my theater friends, I felt totally myself. But around my youth group, I felt like I couldn't be me. I felt kind of disgusting around them. And that's a, that's a terrible long-term effect to have. So that's the point from which I speak. Good. So when, when you decide to leave and you are searching for an affirming church, um, how do you find one that's a good fit? I know a lot of people have commented that often worship styles are very different and there aren't a lot of affirming churches that have that more um, evangelical contemporary music yeah. style. Um, a lot of choices are more liturgical, things like that. How do you find an affirming church that's a good fit? It's a good question. I mean, there, there are some. If I would look at at the ones in your community um, around you, ask around, and if you 
see someplace that you think might be interesting and you're not sure where they stand, I would call them. We're going to get to that part. Okay. All right. I'll come back to that then. I've kind of found it to be a dilemma that the worship and praise music that people have gotten used to really enjoying the contemporary styles aren't being played in these really affirming churches. And so to me, it's a hole in in the market um, that some of these churches could really adjust their worship to be more what people coming out of the evangelical church really like. So it's, that's a tough one. Yeah, there are some resources, gaychurch.org. Gaychurch.org is a great resource. If you wonder where a church stands, churchclarity.com is a great resource. Um, I think that some of the, you're right, a lot of these affirming churches are, are more liturgical. There are some, the MCC churches, some of the non-denominational churches that have a more contemporary style. What a lot of people have done is, you know, we were raised in kind of the style where you go to church on Sunday morning and everything is right there. Your community, your teaching, your music, your service, everything. A lot of people are, are dividing that up now and they're getting their teaching from one source. They're getting their community from another source. And it might be that you can find something that's more of a music type of service and get your music uh, your praise worship from a different source. But again, a caution on that, make sure it's affirming. Again, the microaggressions yeah. can show up there too. And what do you go to church for? Just as the uh, 2020 has been a year to read, to rediscover how many people really do need to go into the office What and rethinking a lot of things. What are you going to church for? Is it community? And is that the best place for community? Is it to learn? The, the Bible, which you've, much of which you've heard probably a lot of times, which you can get great uh, teachings online. So what are the, what are you going for and how can you best meet that need? And if it's just kind of habit or tradition, is that something you want to rethink and maybe meet those needs in a different way? Yeah, I will say, please do email us if I don't want to give these resources out kind of on the fly because I'll, I'll forget somebody, but there are a lot of good online teachers. Yes. Uh, so please email us. You can do that at either podcast at freedhearts.org or just hello at freedhearts.org. And we'll get you some great resources on who some really affirming pastors are that you can listen to online. Yeah. Um, okay. Along that same theme, uh, we are... You hear a lot, and this is why I stopped you yep. when you said just call, because you hear a lot, uh, oh, we welcome all people. Yes. <laughs> we welcome all people to sit and to maybe serve and to certainly give, but not, not, <laughs> not be married in the church, not be themselves. So what's the difference in a welcoming church and a church that is truly affirming? And how are those churches who are just welcoming or not fully affirming, how, how is that really dangerous? Yeah, well, you want to be celebrated for who you are. You want to, you know, when you come home from being out in the day, you like to really let your hair down and be who you are. And if you go to a church where you can't really do that, and there are lots of, lots of aspects of us that we can't really do that in our churches, we kind of discovered after we left church, um, it, it hems you in and it makes you, it reduces the person that you 
your self-expression of who you really are. What's the difference in a welcoming church? And yeah, so welcoming means, oh, you can come and sit here, you know, but the underlying sense is we hope you'll change. There's something wrong with you that needs to be changed. We hope you change. And we'll help you change if, you know, we can send you to ex-gay services or whatever. It's that tolerated, not celebrated. And it's tolerated, it's not celebrated. And that is a really um, harmful thing to absorb. It's microaggressions every time you're there. And it's harmful to your psyche, your body, your being to absorb that. So you want a place that celebrates you. I mean, imagine again, where you're talking about in a welcome, a quote, welcoming church, sitting there and knowing that the leadership of the church, the vast majority of the people, the message that you're receiving is that there's something wrong with you. Yes. You're broken. You're not good enough. You're not, you probably, if you, if you push them on it, yes, God does consider how you are an abomination, all these kind of things, but you're welcome here. and. <laughs> You're that's, right. That's that's it's incredibly uh, harmful. Incredibly harmful. It's like um, being betrayed by a friend feels worse than being betrayed by an enemy. It's kind of that thing that you make this place your home, but you know they don't approve of you. That that's really that's really harmful. Yeah. And you don't want to subject yourself to that. And the longer you stay in a church, the more you invest yourself, the more you get to know people. And so you don't want to do that. I, I always tell this about a woman I was talking about. Her, she's right hand to somebody, a very big church. This was way early on when I was doing this work. And I was tra- trying to help her understand that having gay people there that weren't really affirmed is harmful. And she said, well, they may not know that. They may not know that till they've been there three years. <laughs> and she said it like a positive. And I... I just wanted to scream because that's, you're letting them invest themselves into you. And then you're going to, you know, there'll be a time that you cut them off, that they can't serve like they hoped they could. And that's a bad betrayal. So I think people need to know from the very beginning. And that's why Church Clarity uh, does their work. Yeah, you can search for a church. That's an organization that... um that requires churches to state or tries to get churches to state their their positions very clearly and directly. Yeah. If you don't want to be affirming, we can't make you be, but don't pretend that you are because that is damaging. Yeah, this this listener said, said um, you know, people believe how, how dangerous it is because people believe they are safe and then bam, they're, they're, she had a little emoji, a bam yeah. emoji. Uh, they're expected to change or be celebrate. I'm sorry, celibate, big difference. Be celibate instead of celebrate. Yeah. Right. Uh, and have limited service roles. And that's true. You'll, you'll think, oh, of course you're welcome. And, you'll, and they, may, they may tolerate you. Then all of a sudden you, you, you get into a relationship and you want to bring your partner. And then, yeah. So, and that, that uh, yeah, you don't, you don't it's deserve really that. It's really damaging. You don't deserve that. Right. Um, and there are better options out there. So why would you put yourself well, through Well, and there's, you know, the, the phrase opportunity cost, meaning, you may not see the cost of something in what you spent, but in the opportunity that you didn't have, there's a big cost. And to be at a place that is not fully celebratory of who you are, there's a cost to that of what could have been if you had had that kind of celebration. Yes. So don't, don't settle for, hey, they let me come and sit. 
Don't settle for that. You deserve so much more than that. Absolutely. You deserve to be celebrated. You deserve to be be celebrated. celebrated. Yeah. So so you talked about calling in church and you can do that. There are, the ones that are welcoming are very slick. Yeah. What I was going to say about that was when you call, say, do you affirm LGBTQ people? Yeah. There's some questions you can ask. Yes. And if they, if they hesitate in any way, then they're not fully affirming. And some of these questions, we had a friend of ours, a pastor say, I asked them if a, if a transgender person can be a pastor here. And if they say no, they're not fully affirming. You can ask if they perform uh, same-sex marriages there. Uh, those, those kind of questions, be direct. And if you don't get yeah, direct- Yeah, if you get the hemming and hawing around, yep. then you've got it. You've got your answer. Don't, don't keep asking, hoping they'll clarify the hemming and hawing that they just did. Okay. Because yes. they're not. Yep. That's yep. what they meant. There's, there's an expression, believe people when they show you who they are. When a church shows you it's not really affirming, you need to believe them. One more question about church, then I've got one more question after that, and that's it for today. <laughs> and again, a reminder, if you have questions, please email us, podcast at freedhearts.org. We love answering listener questions. So another church-related questions, when you do leave the church, if you decide to leave the church because of trauma, when will it feel safe to return? Even in an affirming church, oftentimes it still feels risky. We hear that a lot from uh, people who've been so wounded by the church that they want nothing to do with the church, nothing to do with God, at least God as it was falsely taught to them. So when does it feel safe to return? Um, Yeah, any thoughts on that? Well, I think after the healing has been done, and that can take a long time, it's a journey. It's a process and you need to give yourself all the room in the world. Don't let anybody shame you into, aren't you over that yet? That's You're not going to church? Mm. Right. Do not listen to that because that is not helpful and it's not true to who you are. So you have to, um, you have to really let yourself get the healing that you need from the trauma. Uh, There's, you know, the expression, get back on the horse, (laughs) where, you know, if you've been bucked off, you need to get on right away because that keeps you from cementing what a bad situation that was. Um, And that's true in certain situations. But I, uh, some 20 years ago, we were at an event where I was riding on a horse And I'm not a big horse rider, but I could, you know, ride on an easy horse. But he was bucking. He was not safe for me. And I got off right then and there. And the trainer was saying, can you get back on? Just, and I said, no, I'm not. (laughs) And I never got on a horse since. And I haven't missed it. And so. If you get bucked off and you discover the horse is insane, you don't get back on the insane horse. Yeah. I I mean, and there's nothing wrong with. If, if horse riding had been a great love of my life and I really wanted to do it, that would be a different thing. But this was just like, you know what? I am done with that, that aspect of my life. So I say that to say that you have to weigh for yourself. Why is it you want to go to church? What is it you do or don't want about it? Is it something you want to resume in the future or is it not? And if you get sufficiently to the, the healed point, where down the road, 
it appeals to you, then you have that option then. But God is not in the church. God is not limited to the church. And a lot of people are incredibly powerfully spiritual and they have no interest in going to church. It's, it's not part of the deal. Even for Christians, Jesus didn't say, be sure you go to church. Yeah, that was, was not, not part of it. Church was not his idea. Right. It was, you know, it's be in fellowship with other people, be in community. Community is a better word. Um, so that's really what the focus is. Get back to what we had said a bit before, and I think this might be why some people piece things together, because raised in this Western civilization, as old as all of us are, whatever your age, you probably, if you have a church background, you probably found a lot of those pieces of your life within that church. But when you, when you step away, when you leave the church from trauma, it may, you may never go back like it was before. You may find, well, I, I miss, I miss teaching. I miss hearing messages. Well, then there are sources for that. Or I miss gathering with people where there are things you could do, sources for that. You know what I mean? So it might be that that's why a lot of people will piece that back together because it's just not safe. And like you said, there are a lot, a lot of spiritual people. Don't, again, don't feel guilted into, into going back to church. When, it's, when you've been traumatized, when it's just not safe, that's totally up to you. And it may look completely different than it ever has in the past. Yeah. But, but you, you have to detox from the God you've been taught. If, if, you've been in a, if you've suffered church trauma, it's trauma about who God is. And that has to come to a complete deconstruction before you see who God really is. I, I had one friend who was so abused by her pastor for years and told that's what Jesus wanted. It was horrible. Or from four and a half years old to, to 16. And don't ask, it, it was horrible. But finally, when she realized how much she hated Jesus because of what had been done, she said God was still safe for her, but it was Jesus. So she said, God, if you want me to know Jesus, you're going to have to show me. And she had a couple of visuals. One was when she was in the womb and Jesus was in there with her all scrunched up and making a face because it was so tight. And it was like this, this laughing kind of situation that the visual was that Jesus is not what you've been told, not what you've been told at all. And it was this comforting and fun person suddenly. And it, it shifted everything for her. And, you know, and it still took time. But the point is, you've been abused by what you've been told about God and or Jesus. So that needs to be way healed before you even think about putting yourself in a potentially traumatic situation again. And I need to say here, and again, I, this is never sales for us, because if you would like one of our resources that have a price tag and you can't afford that, just reach out to us and we will get that to you for free. But we have great resources. We have video courses and workbooks and all kinds of things to help you heal those faith wounds, family wounds, community wounds, to help you deconstruct faith if that's important to you. So please do reach out to us if you would like those. 
Yes. The one person you should not be afraid of in the world is God. The one who should be the safest, safest, safest for you is God for all of us. However you define that. Yes. So that's something to get to the bottom of. One more question. We're coming to the end of our usual time. So I don't know if you want to briefly address this. As I read this question again before I was about to to read it, I thought, wow, this could be a whole episode. And if you want to briefly address it and we can cover it more in a whole episode, feel free to do that. But the question is internalized homophobia. Yes. How do we help our child? How do we help yourself deal with this deep-seated internalized homophobia? Well, I was thinking about when you take something, when you eat something that's not very good for you, food poisoning kind of situation, the best thing you can do is, is purge it out, is cleanse it out, is drink a lot of water, you know, even throw up if that's needed. Whatever it is that you can do to get it out, you have to flush it out of your system. And that homophobia that goes deep down in there, you have to flush it out with new truth with reading people's stories of, of, you know, reinterpretations of the scriptures that you've been beaten up with, reinterpretations of people's stories, and fill yourself with a different point of view here, a different way to see things. I, go, I do go into depth, you mentioned our resources, in True Colors to really deal with that internalized homophobia. It's a book and a video course, both. Um, so check into those because I have a lot of information in there. But the main thing, I think, is to deconstruct what you've been told and refill with new, better information. And affirmations, mirror work of affirmations, I think are really powerful. To speak to yourself in a way that you is different from how you were trained to speak to yourself, to speak loving kindness to yourself. There's so many ways to go at this, but you, you will have to reanalyze how, uh, reinterpret how you are with yourself and fully love yourself. It's an active decision to actively love yourself, contrary to how you've been taught to be. We say this a lot, but to know that you are worthy, that you matter, that you belong, that you are beloved, that God has your photo on his fridge, on her fridge. Um, and yeah, again, if we can help with that, please, uh, or we can help with that, please reach out to us at hello at freedhearts.org or just visit that website. So we may go into that more in the future. That's Yeah, because it, it, it just goes so deep. I know it's, it's a big question and it really gets down into the nooks and crannies of your being. And they talked about, this question came from a parent saying how to help their child. Just be, remind them of all the things we just said. Remind them of that the things that they had heard in the past were not true. Uh, you know, look for look for that self-talk, that, that negative self-talk that, um, that you can, that you can uh, replace with loving, affirming talk when you hear it. Um, yeah. Love yourself. Yeah. Love, yourself love yourself. And surround yourself by people who love you. Yep. And give yourself every break, every encouragement. Do something you want to do. Do art. Yeah. 
sing, (laughs) do the things that make your body and your mind and your spirit happy and do those things because you deserve them. You really deserve them. Yeah, you don't need any more of that. I love that surround yourself with people who affirm you because you don't need to hear any more of those negative comments. So don't read them. Don't don't, uh, engage with people who are saying those things to you. Surround yourself with people who affirm you. Um, yeah, you don't need to analyze and dissect the things that are being said to you. You don't need to answer back the person saying it. You just don't need to do that. That's not your job. You you get to love yourself and be with people who love you. Yeah. Well, that's our first visit to the Free Darts Podcast <laughs> inbox, and we will do this many times in the future. If you do have questions, email us podcast at freedhearts.org. And again, remember, above all else, love, because you are a love <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Would it be okay if I were to tell you that I am afraid someday? So I call you up and you call me down. Would it be okay? You've been listening to the Freed Hearts Podcast. We have extensive resources and vibrant community for you at www freedhearts.org just come say hello and if you have questions or issues or comments about the podcast things you'd like us to talk about reach out to us at podcast at freedhearts.org the music is provided by Hannah Cottrell our daughter the Grammy nominated Saint Sinner and you can find out more about her at heysaintsinner.com please share this subscribe and follow on your favorite platform and thanks for listening